Welcome to Panel to Screen, brought to you by TV Talk. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how are you doing today? I'm eternally deviant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Did you just think of that? <laughs> yes. All right. I like Off it, man. Top of my brain grapes. Oh, man, that's right. We are talking about the Eternals uh, doing a movie review. Now, heads up, this is going to be a spoiler movie review. And I mean, we always do spoiler movie reviews and whatnot, but I think because this is actually coming out fairly close to the release of movies. I mean, as you know, here at TV Talk Panel to Screen, we are a, a professional podcast, and that means that we bring content to you once it is, uh, how you say, very late. But this time, we're ahead of the game, so we're, we're getting some content out to you relatively quickly. So if you have not seen The Eternals and want to go in unspoiled, do not listen to this review and i would even i would argue that the movie is better if if a lot of the plot points have not been spoiled for you because a lot of what i feel like kind of came out about the movie was made public and then they didn't really like the characters didn't catch up with the audience until about midway through we'll talk about structuring anyway but <laughs> we're eternals spoiler warning spoiler spoilers here there be spoilers and you've been warned bell we're talking about eternals now before we dive into it you know i always like to ask what is your kind of knowledge of the eternals prior to seeing this movie zip uh a little (laughs) bit about zero and some zilch okay all right fair enough i I feel like if you put like the eternals artwork in front of me i i could pick it out as a as a kirby you know what i mean yeah that's basically the extent of my knowledge is that jack kirby and did the art for like eternals and stuff and created them and all that kind of stuff so and there's some kind of uh at least kind of back-end inspiration where the either either the Eternals kind of feed into the old guy, or the new gods, and the new gods feed are the new gods feed into the Eternals. I cannot remember the story, so it's probably not worth saying, sharing on a podcast because those that know it are frustrated and they're trying to correct me right now, and those that don't are just getting misinformed. But regardless, <laughs> as I understand it, one of the series, either the Eternals or the New Gods, uh, Kirby was working on, but then either Marvel or DC, depending on which storyline it was was like no more comics for you so the other company was like hey we want that kirby goodness over here and then he went over there and wrote whatever it was i want to say it was eternals i think he was writing eternals at marvel and then he went to go do new gods over at dc but it it could have been the other way around anyway regardless the eternals yeah my knowledge is is fairly limited as well um anything and everything i may have picked up along the way really came from them being announced in the mcu and me trying to play catch up uh, I was hyped for this movie, man. This this is one really? of the ones for the new uh, franchise, or not new franchise, but Phase 4 that I, I, I want to say, let me think about this. I mean, outside of No Way Home, this might be the one that I've been the most hyped for. See, that's that's interesting because I was just kind of mad about this movie. I was like, I don't know anything about the Eternals. So I, I was excited about the fact that I didn't know anything about them. I didn't want to learn anything about them beforehand. Um, I was way more excited about Shang-Chi and um, mm-hmm. uh, No Way Home um, and, you know, the, the, the TV projects and stuff like that. Eternals, to me, I was kind of like, eh, OK, yeah, I'm going to go see it, you know, but I'm not like, oh, dude, got to go see Eternals, bro. I already got the tattoo. <laughs> Well, I mean, like the caliber of the cast alone is something that like makes you kind of sit up in your seat. I mean, these are a lot of like bigger names that you're like, oh, you 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 put them in a Marvel movie? Okay, what what's going on over here? And I mean, like a a massive cast filled with like some pretty big heavy hitters, a a, a cinematic spectacle. Bell, beautiful. I mean, the the special effects in this movie, especially as they were kind of amping it up, I loved what I was seeing. Like so many different power sets. And yet they were all using the same kind of color scheme, which I thought was a really great way to handle this kind of, you know, connection of all the characters and and that sort of thing. And I mean, like, man, beautiful space odyssey-esque with, with you know, uh, gods and 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 planetary causes. You see where I'm going with this, Bell? Uh <laughs> We just talked about Dune. You see where I'm yeah. going with this, Bell? <laughs> Somebody just doesn't like space opera. Oh man, I wanted to like this movie well, so okay, much. Hold on, but you mentioned all the all the all the cast and all this kind of stuff, but you forgot the, the most important part of all of that. What's um, that? John Snow and Rob Stark are in a movie on screen together with a character named Cersei. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's Game of Thrones in space. Oh, oh, it's Dune all over again. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> what is it about these Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones actors, man? All these Game of Thrones actors, you put them in these big budget, beautiful movies, and I'm like, this really <laughs> needs to be a series. And I'll go ahead and tip the bean can again early on here, and I'm going to end up saying through. <laughs> 
at some point in my review, this really should have been a series, but keep going. I, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I didn't come across that at all. You liked it. I did. I enjoyed it. I, I liked it very much. Like it was, it was one of those where I didn't have really any expectations going into it. Um, I, I didn't know anything about the characters. People were laughing at the movie a lot on Twitter. Uh, and, and I thought I saw spoilers, but I apparently didn't. Um, and, and so, yeah, like I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't going into the movie with any sort of pre, you know, uh, pre-acquired comic knowledge that was going to spoil anything for me or, um, you know, make me think it should go one way when it didn't. And so whatever happened in the movie, I was kind of like, great, you know, this, this is, this is my experience of it. It might not be someone else's who's way more familiar with the Eternals, um, but you know, like, like I say, when, every time we review one of these movies, this is an MCU film that's adapted and based off the comics. Like you, you can't go into it thinking oh, yeah, that, like yeah. everything from the comics is going to happen in the movie and, and all that kind of stuff. But like I had zero comic uh, knowledge, so I was just uh, along for the ride, you know, let me, let me focus on what, what I liked about this movie. Cause I, there's a lot, I, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this much more than Dune. I'm just making the comparison because obviously it was the last movie that we reviewed <laughs> and we were on different sides of the, uh, the aisle on that one. And we're going to find ourselves, I think there again. And also, you know, there's a lot that I think this movie did well, that Dune didn't do well. And part of it was, this was much more entertaining. Like, especially certain characters really shine. Uh, Nanjiani's character in particular was great. Yeah. Kingo is King. Yes. Kinko is king. Love it. I uh, like would have loved way more time with him. And that's, you know, I think there's a lot of these characters that I, I really uh, would have enjoyed a lot more time with as well. Uh, Paperboy. Uh, his character's name is Paperboy. Paper. Oh, you don't watch Atlanta. Uh, no, uh, Brian uh, Tyree Henry Festos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Festos. Yeah. Yeah. His character was great. Uh, for like the two seconds he was in this movie, like there's there was a lot of like really really like eight seconds. Oh, there's there's like an entire ten minute scene with with in with a three in hour it. movie. You're right. There's an entire ten minute scene that he gets to shine. Uh, well, <laughs> look, well, we'll 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 talk about that in a minute. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, I thought he was fantastic in this. I thought Rob Stark actually played a really good Superman in this movie. I thought he did a really <laughs> did. really good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I you know I I don't um, you know obviously we've already given the warning. You know, I, I I doubt I know that there's kind of the uh, homage to Icarus flying into the sun. The implication, of course, is he can't live with himself or something like that. But there's also possibly, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him come back as perhaps even like this ver- this uh, universe's century, essentially. Um, no, kinda, no, he ain't going to be in Eternals, too. No, but I, I think that he could actually come <laughs> come back in a, in a pretty you think that he's dead. Uh, yes. OK, it's possible. I mean, that's what was implied for sure. Yeah. But I mean, like no body, man, if it's no body in an MCU, film. <laughs> um, l- let me let me ask you this. Um, uh, you try to throw something into the sun and then find a body. Uh, well, it's so that's reduced the thing. to its constituent atoms. Did we difficult. ever did we ever actually see him like break? You know what I mean? Like he seemed very unbreakable, whereas the rest of the Eternals did get kind of sliced up a bit when they were fighting the deviants. Uh, Icarus was, I mean, again, he was kind of the man of steel. He he had that whole, you know, thing going for him. I, 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 I want to say he was healed in the beginning by, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 By, uh, uh Ajax. No, I, I think, I think you might be right there. That's a good point. Although I will also point out that the idea here is that the celestials create suns and obviously the eternals are kind of connected to celestial power. So there's, I'm just saying there's an avenue to bring him back. And I think he could actually facilitate a very interesting role if he came back like with his memory wiped or something like that and became Sentry. I just think there's, you know, in an MCU kind of twist of the narrative, they could do that. And I thought he did a good job. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like they, they did a fantastic job. I think uh, uh, Cersei was a standout character. Obviously, she's kind of our our primary lead in a very, very, very crowded movie. Uh, and I thought that she, she you know, wore that very well. Um, yeah. I thought the action was good. I liked the action. Um, Jon Snow was fine for two seconds. That was cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of what else I like. like the humor again, like really it comes down to uh, it really comes down to Kingo and Festos as being kind of like in my, in my mind, like they, they were kind of our, our they were the fun, right? Like they, they brought a sense of 
kind of connection, I think, to this movie and probably because they're the most engrossed in humanity. Um, so we're able to connect with them. Obviously, Fastus has more of like the emotional connection with his family. Kingo has much more of like a media connection, kind of like a geek vibe that we can all kind of associate with and connect with, with his love of Bollywood or actually just kind of embodying Bollywood. Oh, I loved uh, uh, the speedster. Oh, um, um, Makari. I loved Makari, yeah, man. Yeah, like her power set was awesome. Uh, when she went in on Icarus and everything, that was just brutal. That was incredible. Uh, always lo- good representation of on sc- on screen super speed. I thought big time, excellent. Uh, you know, Flash for Superman moment. In fact, actually, the you know Flash and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman teaming up against Superman was was pretty pretty awesome. That was a great great sequence as a whole. Basically, this is the Justice League. This is this is Marvel's Justice League, <laughs> and they're not really trying to hide it with all the Batman and Superman references throughout. You know. Well, so that was interesting, right? Because, you know, in, in a world where like Captain America, Iron Man and like all these people exist uh, for Festus's kid to be like, you're Superman. I'm like, bro, like you have real super like because I'm imagining that <laughs> right. in, the, in the MCU, Superman is a comic book character. Right. And but it's like, you know, you, you, you have vision, you know, that would be a, a way more apt description uh, a guy who shoots yellow beams out of his head and yeah. flies yeah. and a guy who shoots yellow beams out of his eyes and flies. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but I, I like it though. I actually, I kind of like, uh, I like the nods here and there. I think that's, that's really good. Um, and I mean, I think it, it's just, if you didn't address it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's pretty clear who he is, you know, modeled after. Uh, yeah. Right. But in all actuality, you know, I, it, this, aside from the the way in which these characters kind of model and their power sets and kind of how they all interact there, when it comes to the, the family dynamic, really, they're kind of the Umbrella Academy. You know what I mean? They certainly have a lot of those personality quirks with one another. Like, you know, there, there, there are some who get along better than others and uh, definitely like, you know, have family fighty moments over what mom wants them to do. Those and- were the best parts in my opinion. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was like when they were all together, like there was a lot in this movie of getting the band back together, but then skipping back to a time when they were together, but then skipping back to them getting the band back together. And I, I think that, Ooh, uh, mm. anyway, the, the parts where they were together, like when, when there was that family dynamic on display, those were the best parts of the movie for me. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, like it was enjoyable for sure. Like that and that's that's one thing that I really liked about the movie is that each of the characters were independent and different from other heroes yes. that we've seen in yes. in the Marvel uh Marvel movies. And like I thought that was cuz like I I everybody who asked me, you know, what I think about the movie, I was like I I I enjoyed it. You know, my spoiler-free review is that I enjoyed it and it subverted my expectations in a pleasant way. Oh, that's really good. Uh, my, my, you want to know what my spoiler? Well, I can't actually share what my spoiler. I don't have a spoiler for your review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your 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 spoiler for review is I hate space opera and I shouldn't have to read. Um, you know, no, 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 <laughs> no. I mean, like again, because like, look, my critique of Dune was this should have been a series, and honestly, that's my main critique here. This should have been a two part movie, or really, what I would have enjoyed far more is a series. I think they should have done what Umbrella Academy did and and kind of break up these characters and give us kind of like a deep dive into who they are personally before bringing them all together because beyond beyond that like it was very difficult to care. Like this that, that is that was kind of my main uh connection point with Dune was it's difficult to care about some of these characters and here other than Cersei we really don't get enough time to really dive deep. We see how they care for each other. And that's helpful. That's certainly helpful. And it's not as bad as doing. I'll say that. Um, but there's a lot that there's a lot of tell and not enough show. I'll give you a great example. Sprite as a kid, right? Like we hear, she tells us about how frustrated she is living as an old person in a kid's body. And we see, and you know, we, we do see how that, like how she's emotional about that, but it, like, like how she's like, you know, kind of breaking down a little bit under, under that, um, you know, eons of, of existence or, or thousands of years of existence like that. But at the same time, wouldn't it have been much more amazing to like spend an hour of a day in the life of an old, you know, kind of this old person who's stuck in this child's body, you know, like that would have, go ahead. I mean, did, did you miss the scene in the bar at the beginning where she had to like, uh, uh, yeah, t- herself as an adult and then had to like bail and, yeah, but I mean, like that could easily be kind of interpreted as like 
you know, uh, some like Lamo is trying to pick her up in the bar and then haha is just a kid. Like there wasn't like, yes, I saw the one scene and I think that's my biggest criticism, man. We got 10 characters here and they each get one little scene throughout. And I don't think that does the characters justice. I think that the characters need more time to, for us to be able to spend with them. If you had broken this down to like, you know, again, a two parter and give five of these characters a movie and then the other five, a movie, and then maybe like a three-parter where they actually come through and, and, you know, face off with, uh, you know, the, the judge with a, was a Shari Ashanti. What's what was the judge? Oh gosh. Uh, Arishim, right? Arishim. I think, I yeah. think Arishim, the judge is actually the, the name, the full name in the, in the comics. So oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. yeah. Hence the whole, I will come back and I will judge you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So I think that, that like that, that could have been done as I'm watching it, man. I think about, I remember like the first 10, 15 minutes and I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I cannot believe that this movie is tracking lower than, you know, Thor, the dark world. This is not net. This is not nearly as bad as Thor, the dark world. And then as I'm watching, I'm starting to do the, like the repair job in my mind. I'm like, how could this movie be better? I feel like this movie could be better. And that's not what you want in a Marvel movie. You want to be swept away. You want to go on one of those roller coaster rides. You want to be engrossed in the world. But for me, man, I kept on like trying to fix it in my head because I was just having such a hard time. Like every single time I cared about a character, they like jumped through time and it was hard to like attach to where they were now and how they were engaging. And I wanted to spend more time with the characters, but I was upset because we weren't doing that. We didn't get a chance to know the speedster. We didn't get a chance to really know Ajax. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to know, uh, uh, not Genghis Khan, uh, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. We didn't get really get a chance to know Gil- Gilgamesh, you know, like. I, I disagree. I, I will say that the most underdeveloped character was probably Makari. Um, yes. She, I, yes. Very she much. Didn't so. Have a lot of screen time. Um, the stuff that we did see was basically, you know, um, uh, examples of her power. And then the only real character aspect we got, there's a little bit of her and Druig. Um, oh, and, Druig. And, you discount Ezra Miller. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I figured he would be like, you know, the the you know name brand Ezra Miller because you don't like Ezra Miller. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, given a you know, I, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, look, nobody was choked on the set of this film. All right, so <laughs> no, exactly. I'm not even making the joke because he's not Ezra Miller. I'm just saying he does kind of. I mean, he does kind of resemble Ezra Miller, right? Not, not in the slightest. Yeah, he kind of resembles Ezra Miller. <laughs> I like. I would say that Timothy Chalamet more resembles Ezra Miller. Regardless, though, Druig, again, another character that I feel like like we would have really benefited from doing a deeper dive into who he is. Like, you know, someone who was, uh, you know, a character who uh, took great offense to being controlled by this god goes off and forms a cult where he's controlling everyone around him. He becomes like this new god doing the exact same thing, just with a different philosophy. And I think that like, that's a cool concept. Would love that expanded upon, but we don't really get that expanded upon. We just get kind of the concept. And I feel like that's the problem of this movie is you've got 10 characters with 10 different stories and arcs, most of which have really cool kind of concepts wrapped around them that we never really get a chance to fully explore. And I think that's to the detriment of the characters. And it's certainly to the detriment of us as an audience, because these are all very likable characters. You know what I mean? Like for the most part, I mean, again, Druig is a little bit more of a, you know, uh, but otherwise like everybody else is like a very likable with some form of relatability or potential relatability had we kind of dug into them more and it's clear they all care for each other, but I would argue they probably did not do a good job, good enough job making us care for them. Let me, let me tell one last thing though. I got to make mention of this because in terms of like things I loved about this movie, because there were some things I loved about this movie. Okay. And one is, the fact that like, like the, that it was like a philosophical debate. Yes. Yes. Like the, the action was awesome, but the, the, the fact that it really kind of came down to a philosophical debate was fantastic. I loved that. Yeah. And, and that was another thing about the subversion of expectations that I loved. Right. It was that Icarus knew the, the plan all along and um, Ajax also knew the plan all along and decided, you know what? Like, I don't know if these people are worth sacrificing. And like the fact that all the characters had their own, they came to their own conclusions, right? Like we know yes, what Captain yes. America would do in that situation. We know what the other heroes would, right? 
Right. But like to have Icarus and uh, Kingo and um, Sprite all be like, no, we got, we got to stick to the plan. Like, I mean, you, you can see their motivations, right? Like, you know, their motivations there. Um, and, and it was, it was so neat to have them each kind of have a different reaction to it. And I thought that was super cool. Like Kingo being like, look, I agree with Icarus, but like, I'm not going to fight you because you're my, yeah, that was great. Yes. So good. So good. And so different, right? Like, yes, yes. It, I, yeah, I, I love that bit of it. I thought it was really, really cool. And, uh, something that we just haven't seen before in a Marvel movie, which I also really appreciated. Yeah, no, that was, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that too. Again, I think that had had the storytelling in my mind been given more time like because this needs to be a very character driven story and i think unfortunately it wasn't beyond like one or two characters especially given the fact that like really the billing is about this massive team like like the big emphasis about this movie is like all of these different characters we've got like a diverse cast of like extreme like hollywood royalty like this is this is, you know, like this is the big selling point for this movie. And yet it really kind of boiled down to like two or three characters getting a chance to kind of, you know, have a legitimate arc. Everybody else had these like wedged in arcs, these really, really like compact arcs and that sort of thing. Would have loved more time with them. Uh, here's the other thing. Love the fact that it was a philosophical debate. Probably my biggest problem more than anything else with this movie. <laughs> comes down to this. I don't know. So I'm not on Twitter. So I don't know if like Twitter's figured this out yet. I'm sure they have. I'm sure I'm not the first person to, to point this out. Okay. I'm sure I'm not, but I'm going to, I'm going to go here. Bell. Bell. Yes. Okay. So the Eternals, the most yes. powerful, like, like connected to godlike power that existed before the infinity stones. Right. Yeah. Like ange- angelic, uh, kind of lower tier gods themselves to some extent, right? Yeah. Their big plan comes down to one thing that they need to do and fail at, right? Y- yes. They need to put a celestial to sleep, right? Yeah. That's what they need to do. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. The, 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 the initial goal was to put it to sleep. The initial goal is to put it to sleep. That's the goal. That's what they're trying to do. Okay. Val, do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, they kill it instead. Nope. Not that. They kill it because they fail at their first mission. Of putting a celestial to sleep. Well, they could have called the Guardians of the Galaxy and they wouldn't have even needed the whole team. They just need <laughs> Mantis. Mantis's only skill, like, like her one power, is putting a celestial to sleep. Well, but like that was her job. Like, Ego <laughs> is literally a celestial. He is the same thing that is hatching out of the out of the earth and the same thing as a, 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 a Shanti the Judgment. Uh, red head dead redemption in the sky i'm saying like ego is the exact same thing he is a celestial and nobody calls mantis the bug girl yeah but but the bug girl is more powerful than the eternal (laughs) (laughs) i just want to like Uh, is anybody else like again i'm not on social media nobody's trying to spoil the movie i get that but like is anybody with me on this did nobody else sit there like, you know, you think about like phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everybody's like, oh, why don't they call the Avengers? I'm like, no, legit. Why don't they call Mantis? They need they the bug girl Mantis here. was. Yeah, but <laughs> point is that like we're supposed to like believe that like there are these like big godlike, it's like, oh, cosmic energy. I'm like, yeah, the bug girl is more strong than you. Like literally it takes 10 of you to fail at this or four or five or however many were connected to the hive mind at that point. But y'all all try. And with all your powers combined, you got nothing and you could call bug girl from the guardians of the galaxy and she could come and lickety split this thing in like two seconds. She did in the first 10, 15 minutes of guardians Two what it took them three hours to fail at. So I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, she couldn't even put Thanos to sleep. Uh, that was different. Thanos actually was like pulling into the, uh, he had the infinity gauntlet on at that time. So he's literally pulling from like the, the powers of creation and yada, yada. I have a feeling by the way, that old text that we saw at the beginning, most of this movie is around the concept of like, like religious orders lying to their subservience. You know what I mean? And so I have a feeling that what we saw was not history, but like the history as told by the celestials. I don't think the celestials actually, I don't, I don't think they, they, I don't think they're that powerful, honestly, based on this movie. What? Like, what do you mean? Based on this movie, like if the Eternals are like they're they're you know 
they're uh, uh, silver surfers. What was the silver surfer? He was the um, Harold. 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 Yeah. If like that's yeah. the idea is that we're like dealing with the uh, the the heralds of the celestials through the Eternals, and I'm like, I, I mean, Bug Girl's more powerful. Like, no, I'm sorry. That, like, I, I mean, could could there not be like different tiers of uh, celestials? Yeah, I mean, I think there definitely are. Right, you got the Prime, and uh, I think you know we got you know at the end of the movie we got Star Fox showing up and being like, hey, I'm going to be in this franchise too, and I'm like, cool, Star Fox. I feel like you'd fit better in the Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> but okay uh you can you can come over here uh like i don't know i just that was one thing that i just kept on thinking the entire time like as soon as they had the plan of like putting it to sleep i was like oh like mantis did like literally that's what she did in the first like 15 minutes of guardians of the galaxy 2 is she put a celestial to sleep the bug I girl like, i feel like it's different i feel like it's different i feel like in that it is situation. literally the same thing bell no it's it is, not no. yes it is <laughs> that was more of a thing where uh ego uh needed her to put him to sleep so he wanted to go to sleep and she facilitated that Uh uh-huh right this thing isn't like it it doesn't even have the will to fight back at this point yeah but i i I think it's different i would say that it's different that's another thing actually that kind of bothered you know what actually let's let's jump to a break real quick we're going to get back we're going to be diving into all this uh you know and i'm going to give i'm going to give bell his due i know i know i'm talking over bell bell needs to (laughs) He needs to defend this movie more. That's going to happen. We'll be right back with you. More great TV talk up in just a few minutes. But first, we got to pay a few bills. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, man. All right. So I need to give you your dues. All right. Hit me. Hit me. But, but prove me wrong. So, well, first off, I just want to say that, like, another thing that I liked about this movie is that there weren't all these things like I, I didn't go in there and say, oh, they should have called Mantis or like, where are the Avengers for this? And like, how come that? Because like I like I thought it was neat that it was a Marvel property in the MCU, but like mm. it didn't feel like every other Marvel movie where, you know, everything has to tie into everything. Like it, I felt like it was a good standalone story in that universe. Um, and like I, I like the fact that, you know, I, I didn't have to go and well, like, how come they didn't call this guy or why didn't they do that? But like. The, the whole the whole mantis thing makes sense to me because they've been on earth for 7000 years they don't know who the hell the guardians of the galaxy are like that like yeah that, no don't America be wrong is. my 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 argument is less that they i'm kind of joking when i say they should have called mantis it's really more pointing out the the power disparity here is that we're we're told that they're so powerful and yet bug girl did it in the first 10 minutes of guardians of the galaxy 2 yeah but like druid wasn't built to manipulate the minds of celestials it was built to manipulate the minds of humans yeah fair point but but again all 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 the like again this is just proving my point that like so they're not as powerful as we've been led to believe they're not as powerful as each other yeah like icarus is clearly stronger like so so look there there there, there is a there is a distinct uh difference between the set of eternals right you have your yeah. combat eternals and then you have your uh like i would say like facilitator eternals yeah strategy like, more like cerebral yeah yeah, like like Fastos, you know, he's an inventor and stuff like that. He helps humans along technologically and things like that. It's Festos, right? Like it's like a like like a Festus. Yeah, oh. fa- Fastos. Yeah, like like Hes Festus. That would make sense. Kind of like yeah. you know, Athena's Athena. You know, right? Yeah, but like you know, you, you have Gilgamesh, who is obviously probably you know the basis of Gilgamesh, the the Babylonian hero. Right. Um, and he's super strong, right? Like he can beat stuff up. Icarus is like, you know, he flies around, shoots laser beams out of his eyes. Um, you had like Cersei, who the 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 extent of her powers was like changing one thing into another, not really a combat power, although she does manage to kill a uh a deviant with that power, but she's yeah, never that done cool. that before. Yeah. Athena, clearly, you know, the, the best fighter, right? Makari, another another fighter aspect, but like, you know. Um, you had Sprite who was there to sort of like, you know, she can project illusions and things like that. Not really a combat thing. It's more of more of a like, you know, we, we have these these fighters who are there to um, uh, fight the deviants. And then we have the support crew who is there to like foster whatever race they're trying to build up so that they can populate the planet enough so that the, the um, celestial can consume them. Right. So like. Right. Yeah, like it that doesn't surprise me in in the least. Like Droog was there to like, you know, control human minds and um that that was kind of what he was there for. Like the the him it's going way out of his bounds to try and put a celestial to sleep. All right. But, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. But I mean, come on, man. You know, I'm just saying Mantis could have done it. Uh <laughs> 
it's like not, not even not even like the coolest guardian could have knocked this out <laughs> you know? anyways but yeah I, I feel like the sleep plan probably wasn't going to be the best because the thing is going to wake up eventually you know i don't right. know but right. it's kind of weird that they killed it like I, I wasn't really expecting that well my mindset was and i think this is probably where they were going i can't remember if they said it specifically but I, I my understanding was like let's put it to sleep then get festus to like you know figure out some sort of like c-section option here like let's like, oh, yeah, yeah 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 like and i think i think they probably could have done it like you know i think there there was a there was a path path to victory here uh it just involved mantis uh okay so <laughs> <laughs> just anyway I, that's the one thing i like as soon as i got out the theater i started texting people like have you seen it yet and then, like anybody that said yes, I didn't do it to you because I wanted to save it for the podcast. But everybody else <laughs> I was messaging, and I was like just sending him gifts of Mantis, being like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, it's what she does in the first ten minutes. I just can't get over that. And that's the thing. I love that you love this movie for not digging too deep into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My argument, though, my pushback on that is that this movie tries to establish itself as very quintessential to the Marvel Cinematic Universe without really paying homage appropriately. For, so for example, we're all dealing with Celestials. Well, we've dealt with Celestials before. We've actually seen two, one alive, one dead. We've seen Ego, who was a Celestial, but we got no reference to Ego in this. And I hope if they're going to like, I hope in like the Eternals 2, we'll kind of start connecting some pieces here because not only was Ego in a, uh, a Celestial, but nowhere from Guardians of the Galaxy as well, like was the skull or is the skull of a fallen Celestial. So we're, and we've, so a couple of things here. For one thing, we've seen uh, that Celestials are very killable, right? Which kind of hurts the Eternals to some extent, at least us as, an, as a knowledgeable audience, because the Eternals don't know this, but we know this because they are kind of in they're in the cult of the celestial and they well, don't they know it now. They killed one. <laughs> well, exactly. But before before this, I guess before that whole experience, they didn't they didn't quite know this, but we know this. So like, you know, yes, it's it's very beautiful and, and you know, seismic to see the head of uh, Ashanti, Ashair, as Arisham. It's really and, you know, uh, like, you know, the way in which they kind of showed Arisham, uh, you know, kind of popping up and everything was you know, uh, majestic and, and, you know, meant to be kind of this menacing presence and everything and just so massive and so huge. But we as an audience, at least as a knowledgeable audience, this won't hit everybody, but we know like, okay, but like, you know, Rocket and Groot blew one of those things up. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like Bug Lady put it to sleep. Wait, Rocket, who did Rocket and Groot blow up? They broke, blew up Ego. They put a bomb in his brain. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I was saying, like he's a different celestial. Like this is there's got to be like different types of celestials, right? Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I mean, like he wasn't wearing his armor. That's true. So I mean, you got Kurt Russell, right? Like, but we only see him as Kurt Russell because that's what he's projecting out. Like his actual yeah. form is the planet, which was awesome. Like one of the best moments in that movie is when they pull back and you actually see Ego, like from space and his like face forming with the you know the storms kind of amassing over the planet and everything else. And so you see kind of the full power of, of ego. Ego is one of the, up until I guess this movie was really one of the biggest, uh, you know, powerhouses. Well, I guess up until Thanos with full infinity gauntlet was one of the biggest powerhouses that anybody's ever faced. And so I, I just, I find it odd. They didn't even reference ego or we didn't even kind of dive into that. I would have enjoyed that a little bit more kind of those connection points to what's come before. So, so that was the only connection point that I that I feel was lacking is because since since the Eternals are completely based on Earth, they've always been on Earth since they've always been on Earth. Like they wouldn't have this connection to this you know cosmic realm of the MCU with the Guardians, with Ego. Well, it, with the exception of Ego, right? Because Ego placed that flower, flower, placed the flower on Earth, and the you know tried to like you know turn Earth into Ego. And, you know, that failed when the Guardians killed him. So you figure the Eternals would know something about that and that that would maybe tie into their goal. Right. Um, because Almost like he would be protect. a rogue celestial from that standpoint, right? Well, he might not have known that that was a a, a planet with a with like a celestial egg. You know, that, that's one. That's one. You know, I have to think that there's there's either different uh, uh, types of celestials and the, the giant six eyed things that we saw are. um in a different class of celestial than say ego because you know yeah ego wasn't trying to 
create new celestials. He was trying to turn everything into himself. Right, exactly. Which to me seems like he would be an enemy of his fellow celestials from that standpoint. Yeah, or or you know some uh, you know unknown entity to them or something. But he's one that, of them. They like they seemed very interested in their own kinds. Well then, yeah, like so so but so that you know that that doesn't make a lot of sense. But like that didn't bother me in the movie. I didn't really care about that per se because you know everything was focused on um everything was focused on earth and ego was stopped on earth by the guardians on ego while they were fighting ego on himself yeah whatever uh, <laughs> right yeah but, but that but that that didn't really bother me because it didn't it didn't impact the story in a way that i felt was was meaningful uh the deviants were the reason why they were there um the deviants are there to like you know kill off the the apex predators so that you know intelligent life can come up um maybe it should have been touched on maybe there should have been something that, that they could have said but like overall that didn't really bother me again because you know i i didn't really mind that there weren't a lot of hooks to the other yeah the no, rest of the, of the MCU in here don't get me wrong because i agree with you to, to an extent like I, I i too enjoy movies that can kind of exist on their own without having to have all these hooks uh that being said because this movie intentionally is trying to like assert itself as a pretty substantial hook for the rest of the universe. I feel like doing so without paying homage to what's come before is a little, I don't know. It, it, it's a little breaking for me. Um, it's not necessary. I get it. If we're talking about from the eternals perspective, they have no concept of ego or nowhere or whatever else. They don't have any memories before earth and they've been stuck here and they've just kind of do whatever Arisham tells them. So like, it's fine. Uh, I did. And then there were some kind of disappointments that I kind of brought with me. Like one is I was really, really hoping that we were getting some sort of setup with Galactus. Um, just the imagery and everything else seems as though they're going to try to tie Galactus into the Celestials in some form or fashion. I, well, I, I, I came out of the film thinking exactly that. You think so? When uh, when Arishim comes back, takes them and he's going to like, you know, read their memories. And I think the judgment that he's talking about is sending Galactus to consume the planet. Interesting. So I, I figured that he like, you know, that Arishim would actually come back to judge the planet. Uh, I didn't think that they would actually send send Galactus specifically. Well, you know, he's a judge. He's not judge jury execution. He's not judge. Oh, Dredd, OK, perhaps perhaps in the MCU. Um, is he uh, judge duty? Uh, isn't it like Justice Judy now? Didn't they reboot? What, the what about Judge Mattis? <laughs> or Judge? Uh, what was another Clarence one? Thomas. Judge Clarence Thomas. Wait, no, what was the other? There was like three judges back to back back in the nineties. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, I I, I mentioned the Supreme Court justice. So. I know. I, I got. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. But so so like that that was my big takeaway. Okay, that you know Arishim's the judge, and he's gonna mm -hmm. go and he's gonna you know find Earth wanting. But, you know, it's not his job to uh, deal out judgment, to met judgment, right? Like, that's another Celestial's job, and that Celestial being Galactus. Right. And so then we're going to see a Silver Surfer come down as a herald and be like, hey, look, sorry, your planet's, you know. <laughs> it's been judged. <laughs> yeah, it's been judged and found wanting. And so now, you know, my homie Galactus is going to come, and then all of a sudden the stretchy right. guy and an invisible lady and a rock dude and a fire guy are going to be like, nah-uh. Right, 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 right. And but, but then again... <laughs> Can anybody call Manta? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need to have that explained. I don't care. Oh, no, like, you're doesn't... right. You're right. And it was different. He was willingly going to sleep. And actually, when she tries to put him to sleep, she did. She was successful, but it was difficult for her to, to hold it. When so. he didn't want to go to sleep. Exactly. My point. So, like, but she still was to... able to do it. She was still able to do it. Uh, Give her some of that eternal power. And she wouldn't, you know, a little, little bit of a power can, boost. Can, can she form a uni mind with the, uh, uh, with with the the guardians, I you form so. a uni mind with the guards. The guardians did. That's what they did in the first movie, actually. So yes, you know what? Yes. Uh, was Mantis a part of the first movie? Absolutely not. Is the Power Stone a thing that they can all grab onto and 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 distribute the power anymore? No, it's not. It's gone. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> gone. Oh man. All right. You're right. Uh, the deviants. I was a little disappointed there as well. None of the villains. I mean, I know that Icarus was kind of our pseudo villain, pseudo not villain, and I and I get that part of this movie was it was less about good and evil and really more about philosophic questions. I dug that, but they still presented the deviants as a kind of a uh, kind of a villainous presence but at the same time it's not like we really connected with them they were they kind of fall into that phase two era villain in the mcu like you know the dark elves or something like that malika so 
that was my one disappointment with the movie. Uh, I, I will say was was the deviance because by the time that we got Crow to be like, you know, have a conscience or whatever, and he starts talking mm-hmm. and he starts explaining to them how like you know our people have been genocided and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, you, you eat people and stuff, but like now that you have a conscience, okay, well maybe then you can you can you know evolve your people to not do that, and we won't have to kill you anymore. And I was more interested in what he had to say, but he never got to say any of it uh, because he got cut into very many pieces by Thena. Yeah, yeah, and so and then that that was that was dead. a disappointment for me. Like the the deviants were you know a threat, uh, and then they became more than a threat. And when they became more than a threat, that's when I was like, okay, now this is interesting. Now we have, um, there, there, there are more philosophical questions for us to contemplate here. Right. So now that they have this consciousness, um, how is it, how is killing them different from killing humans? Exactly. And, but we, we didn't touch on that. We didn't go into that. We didn't, um, have any sort of explanation of that. And that was, that was kind of the, kind of the, the, uh, thing I didn't like about the movie. They're very Zerg. I got a lot of Zerg vibes from them. From StarCraft, uh, Zerg start from StarCraft? Uh, yeah, kind of. Because um, they were constantly like, like changing and evolving and like they would kill something and then take on like its properties. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminded uh, me of StarCraft 2 there. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that. I also felt it was disappointing at the end that they didn't team up with the Deviants to take down Icarus. That, that would have made a lot more sense with the kind of the message that I feel like the movie was taking. Um, and so I think not going that route and kind of like giving like, oh, well, here's just another, you know, bad guy. So we can kind of split up the fight a little bit. I I thought that was a little disappointing. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's some more there that didn't really make it into the movie. It was a long movie. It was a big one, man. Yeah. Like I I thought there would be some kind of team up or, uh, something where they come to some sort of agreement where it's like, all right, you know, now that we see the the value of consciousness, we're going to stop killing people. And um, we don't want the planet to destroy because we have just, you know, uh, be, been elevated to this level of consciousness. And so we'll, we'll help you stop Icarus. And then we want you to stop killing us. And so we're going to leave and go do our own thing out in space. You know, fastest can make yeah. us a, a new ship and we'll go out somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, for me, man, I think overall for the actual, the movie itself, we're about to talk about these end credit scenes, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I love, I feel like this, this had so much potential. I really wanted to love this movie, but I, I feel like this should have been a series and maybe it's just because the caliber of these Disney plus series have been, has been so good that like when you see kind of the movies and it's like, ah, was this necessary? Like Shang-Chi was necessary. Like that's a good, that, that was a good movie. Uh, it was tight. Um, there were some, you know, some decisions made in the third act that I wasn't exactly proud, like, or exactly ex- uh, excited fight? about. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, it's a decision. It's a decision. It's fine. But, uh, but like that, that was a good movie. That was like good for a movie. That was a story that was meant for a movie. And then, uh, you know, Black Widow. You know, maybe would have. That was a really good movie. It came out in the wrong decade, but it was really good. <laughs> uh, for for what it was. But like a movie like this is just it's just too there's too much going on and there's too many awesome characters that are not getting the time they deserve. And really, man, this I they could have like just like this could have been such a great Umbrella Academy in space like this could have been so good, you know? Yeah, I think you're getting spoiled on shows and uh, maybe TV is so good right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, because I just don't I don't I, I got I feel like I got a good idea of who all these characters were, with the exception of Makari. Um, Makari was really right. the only one that I felt was underdeveloped um, and, and that she was more there to be like, I have fast speed. I can beat up people. And we didn't really get very much from her. But I feel like everyone else had at least a moment where we got to see who they were and 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 what they what what they represented. And, and you know, who, yeah, just who they were. Right. And yeah. I, I feel like we got we got that for everybody except perhaps Makari and, and maybe, maybe Thena, um, Thena is more of a tragic character. Uh, and maybe that's what we're supposed to get from her. Uh, is that, you know, she's suffering from this thing where she remembers all the past worlds. And so, um, yeah, so, so I would, I would say Makari and Thena, um, we got the least of, but yeah. we did get stuff for Thena, and I, I still felt like I, I really got to know these characters, and I just I, I love the fact that they all had different different opinions on how they should solve this problem that they came across. Like, and and even even amongst the two groups, the you know let it 
birth and then let's put it to sleep or whatever. Even within those two camps, there were different ideas on how to solve the problem. And that was just so cool to me because you just don't, you don't see that a lot in Marvel movies. Yeah. No, that was great. That was really great. Yeah. And, and so like that bit, um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was, you know, I thought it was fun. Um, there were, you know, funny bits. There were some really emotional bits in there too. Like I, you know, when, uh, Icarus, you know, has to kill Ajax, you know, and there, there, there are a couple different scenes in there and, and, uh, uh, that's Chloe Zhao, like the way she directs those scenes, you know, I was, I was kind of a little, little like <laughs> dirt in this theater, man, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so I felt like I connected to those characters because I felt, you know, I, I had those, those moments in those scenes. And so, you know, I'm sorry that your black shriveled heart uh, <laughs> oh, come on, man. I just like it is because I no, it is because I think that there there were those moments that made me want more. And maybe that was the goal. But I walked away dissatisfied, not not wanting more in a good way, but kind of unsatisfied with what I got from these characters. Yes, those sh- moments were shot really well. But I would actually argue to I don't know if this is like the screenwriter or the director, but the choice to do so many time jumps, I think like undercuts a lot of those emotional moments where it's difficult to have an emotional through line when we do jump around so much. And I feel like this would have, well, like I said, I, I feel like this would have been better as a series or split up into like two or three movies um, so that we get a chance to, to meet these characters and know them. Or maybe this should have just been marketed not as like a 10 main character movie. Like all of these characters are kind of given and kind of like a similar weight into the marketing and to what our expectations are. But really, I you know what? Um, Speedster Girl, uh, da, 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 Macari. Macari, like great example. Like basically her role in this was akin to uh, Quicksilver's in Days of Future Past, right? Like they yeah. probably both had equal screen time and also like equally like some of the most epic moments in the fight. Okay, so but at the same time, you go back to Days of Future Past, like Quicksilver really wasn't like like marketed as like a big component of the movie until after the movie came out, because that was like a big, you know, sequence uh, in, in, in that, you know, in particular, like it wasn't his movie by any stretch of the imagination. But this, you know, movie is kind of being billed as kind of her movie as equal to someone like you know, like uh, uh, Cersei or like Icarus. And really, it's kind of their movie. And everybody else is a supporting role. And so I think it's a little confused as to what it's trying to do. Um, and it would have done what it's trying to do better, given more time, space. And yes, TV is really good right now. So we live in an era where there is, uh, you know, we're a little spoiled, but it is what it is. Let me tell you about Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I just on, on the comment about the time jumps, like the time jumps to me felt like, you know, we would see uh, we would see a, a character aspect um, in present time. And then, or, 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 you know, it would, you know, jump in the past and we would see um, where that character aspect of the character came from. Right. So like they, they were paired in a way where we would learn something about a character. And then in the past, we would see where that came from um, or, or, or vice versa. You know, uh, I, I, I kind of liked how they did that. Yeah. You know, the jumping around can be kind of confusing, but um, t- to me, it felt like those were uh, explorations of an aspect of the character that we just witnessed. And or or the yeah. basis of of where you know that character is coming from, and so I no, I, yeah. I got that. I, I I got that. Like I understand what they were doing there. I just don't think it was effective. Oh, I, I mean, it worked for me. That's that's all I'm trying to say. You know, like yeah. that's that's yeah, that's what it. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do, and I get it. Like I see where that motivation comes from. I see where huh. this is. You know, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. One last criticism to throw us into the <laughs> into the post credits. <laughs> Uh, we saw literally every single one of Jon Snow's scenes in the trailer. <laughs> they, they, you talk about marketing like, oh, Jon Snow's in this movie. Like, no, he's really not, though. Like, he, he is not. I don't even recall seeing him in the trailer. Yeah. You know, why, why weren't you involved, you know, of those other battles throughout human history? That's and a like, pretty good Jon Snow. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good it's a good impersonation of John of of like someone impersonating someone impersonating John Snow. Snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, like like we were, you know, the the trailer kind of positions him as though he is going to be the human character through which we are going to experience the world of the Eternals, and that's not the case. He's there like quickly, and I, I will say I loved how he was like, "Are you a witch?" Because like 
that's cool. Like that's the world that we live in right now. I'm just kind of anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a space god, uh, uh, you know, or a, a sub tier god, robot, space <laughs> robot. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's fine. That's that's just the world we live in now. Like I loved that. I thought that was great. That's the kind of stuff that I really appreciate. Because if he was like, "Wait, what's going on?" It's a little bit like, "Dude, come on, Thanos." <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Look, I I will say this. You know, maybe maybe that's what you got. You know, that, that we were going to you know be the the he was going to be the human our like the audience analog for these you know Eternals and whatnot. But I am very happy with who we did get for that role, and that was Wait, Karun, who- Kingo's manager. Okay, yes, except for the fact that he was kind of there, played more for laughs than to be our eyes. He showed up way too late to be the us in this. It was good that they had a human element by with him being there, but he was kind of more of like a goofy sidekick, not like there as he was not Brilliant. Kitty Pride, is my point. Like we needed a Kitty Pride in this movie and we didn't have one. Maybe. I don't feel like we needed a Kitty Or a Pride. Jubilee, if you want to go with them. I, I feel like we're 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 all established MCU moviegoers and that we we know what it is but like this is different this universe. is totally different is it yeah it's totally different it's robots from space all right, all right maybe it's not that different but what is it all right these after after the credit scenes so uh at the end we get star fox uh showing up here uh i was very sad that skippy wasn't there saying do a barrel roll uh-huh. <laughs> not that star fox uh no this is star fox uh he was the uh, eternal of titan uh the brother of thanos uh, he also has a poorly, uh, a low budget CGI Seth Rogen rolling with him. No, it's a uh, Patton Oswald. Oh, was that who it was? Yeah. All right. Well, it's low budget CGI. One girl. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that was kind of weird. Like that's sort of took me out. I was like, he, this looks like a cartoon character. Like, are, are we getting some weird, you know, spider pig moment here? Yeah. And then I realized that it wasn't a spider pig moment. And I was like, um, maybe, maybe the next movie he'll be a little bit better. Well, I want to imagine that this is supposed to be a character, then they, they're going to have to put put some more money into that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's a mid credit scene, so like you know, no, no, fun. yeah, workable, fine, a little bit. But that's the thing; there is an argument to be made with the mid credit scene. Like this is the the last taste, the last flavor that you're going to walk out of this movie on. Maybe spend a little bit more time on the CGI, or I don't know. I'll, no, I'll, I'll tell you this: that was not the last flavor that we left the movie on. And it was completely because I don't know. I don't know who the hell those characters are. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and so and so I wasn't like, like because I sat there and I turned to Christy after that mid credit scene. And I was like, OK, that's great. And all. I don't know who those people are, but who the hell's Jon Snow? <laughs> like, right. You know? Yeah. And so but we got that. And 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 that's that was the final flavor that, that I left with where I was like, OK, now I want to know. I want to know. Black Knight. I, right. Yeah. And I, I was like, I don't, you know, Pip uh, and, and Star Lord Fox, whatever. I, you know. Okay, it, sure. He's kind of a jokey character. I mean, again, like he, it, it, I'm hoping the Eternals team up with the Guardians because we really need those connection points with the Celestials that we've seen before. We've we've been dealing with Celestials before, and I, I feel really like that's where feel they're like, going. Yeah, I hope that's the case. I feel like show like Star Fox showing up seems like a tonal shift that that could be a good bridge there. Um, and I would love to kind of have these characters like unify in more of a cosmic type. They're going to fight Adam Warlock. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yes, but the final, final. Um, now, did you know? Did you recognize the voice? Uh, the 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 voice saying, "Are you ready yet?" or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no. Do you know? Have, have do you know now who that was? Um, it was it was. I, I know that that Kit Harrington is playing Black Knight, and that there's like a curse on the sword that he's carrying, and it's like his uncle who was evil, and uh, he gave the sword to Kit Harrington to like absolve him of his evil deeds uh-huh That's but like do you the- know the voice of the person that was talking to him no my friend that was mahersha ali who is playing blade wait what that is blade talking was- to black knight yeah so that was blade off screen yep I, I knew he was playing Blade. Yep. I knew Mar- Marshall Ali was playing that, Blade. That is Blade. I think what, what we got, just got set up for is some sort of Black Knight Blade crossover. Now, I don't, I guess, you know, COVID, I don't know where, when all this was shot. So maybe, <laughs> maybe he zoomed it in. But regardless, that, I, that, I, w- I wish he would have been on screen. That would have been awesome. But regardless, uh, yeah, that was Blade, man. That's crazy. I Isn't that I crazy? That. Yeah. Do, do, they, do they run it in the comics? Is that something that they. I don't actually know. You know, Black Knight is not a character that I'm very familiar with. And what I know of Blade, I never read the Blade comics, but of course saw the movies. And then also uh, he made 
uh, frequent appearances on the star or uh, the Spider-Man cartoon, the nineties Spider-Man yeah. cartoon. Yeah. Um, but black Knight, I I've never, you know, again, black Knight kind of falls in that Eternals category for me, not a character I'm particularly all that familiar with. And, you know, I'm, I'm open, I'm willing, I'm, I'm, you know, my, my enthusiasm for phase four is not killed. We're about to go into the spider verse in a big way. So, I mean, like I'm, I'm still here for the MCU, uh, but yeah, black Knight. The Eternals, these are kind of characters that are like long shot, kind of gamble characters, you know? Well, I will tell you this. I read some really interesting stuff about Black Knight last night um, and got me really sort of excited as to what they're going to do with him. Um, yeah. One of the things was um, at, at one point in the comics, uh, like something happens and, and Cap's like steps away from leading the Avengers and Black Knight takes up the role. So I'm like, okay, that could be interesting. Hmm. Um, and then there's also some really interesting stuff with Doctor Strange. Um, and Doctor Strange and Black Knight have a bunch of run-ins uh, because, you know, it's sort of like a magic-based uh, yeah, uh, yeah. character. And then we got Doctor Strange, who's a, the, you know, Sorcerer Supreme. So um, will we see some Black Knight in uh, No Way Home? I don't know. Probably not because it's more Sony than it is. Well, there's, I don't want to, yeah, you know, there's no, let's not get into spoilers for that. That's, yeah, but that there's, um, it'll be interesting to see. That's, that's for sure. Um, yes. I, I'm just saying that, the, the the Black Knight revelation after reading about some stuff on that because I had zero context on that character um, kind of made me excited to see where they're going to go with that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, no, I'm 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 stoked to see as well. Um, <laughs> felt shoehorned in, all things considered, but that's fine. Like that's you know we 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 toss it up to to cap it off later. That's that's the MCU way, and um, yeah. I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be great. Um, all right, well, cool. Overall, man, what are you rating this out of five? You know. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, I'm going to give it a two. A two, really? Yeah. Wow. I mostly because I gave Dune a higher rating, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I think you did. I think because I was disappointed, like because I didn't go into Dune, like I didn't walk out of Dune disappointed. Like I actually walked out of this movie disappointed. And yeah, that's just that's just bizarre to me. Yeah, I I really wanted to like it, and I just I felt like this could have been so much better in a series. Or with like focus on a few of these characters, like if, like like a handful of these characters are like if this if they'd actually been in the movie, that would have been great instead of like, you know, for like five minutes. Like I don't know, like like ugh. anyway, I just I feel like it was structured really really poorly, and I had high hopes. And also I feel like it it tried to do too much to kind of assert itself into the MCU without paying homage to what came before. Given the fact that there are so many connections. Uh, See, I didn't feel like it felt forced in there. I, I I thought it was perfect. Like I liked just the amount that they had in there. Uh, no, I mean, like, again, like if, if, if the quintessential battle comes down to something that we saw happen in the first 10 minutes of a guardians of the galaxy movie by a bug, then I feel like it's like, okay, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's how can you not tell that that's different? <laughs> I mean, I can, but it's also not like I can tell that it's different, but you have to acknowledge that it's also not. It is different. It's they're trying to put a celestial to sleep. You cannot tell me that that's not different. Come on, man. I will it's, acknowledge it's, that there are differences, but you have to acknowledge the similarities. It's like this, okay? Doctor Yui and Dune gives um, who? I'm sorry. Wait, no, who? Doctor Yui. Okay, and he was? He was the doctor who betrayed them to the Harkonnens. Oh, and the Harkonnens are? Oh, come on. I'm just kidding. All right, man. We got we got to yeah. wrap this thing up. All right, y'all. Okay. <laughs> get, get tweet us. Your thoughts at TV Talk FM. We want to hear them. I know. Like, it used to be that you were the negative one and I was the positive one. And we keep on tr- switching hats. But I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll love into the spider uh, home and you'll. No, because you're going to be like, oh, it'd be better as a series. <laughs> Everything would be better as a series. Right now. I don't know. Maybe I, season seven of The Flash probably would have been better as a movie. Anyway. All right. <laughs> That's going to do it for us for this week. Follow bell at ring that bell. Uh, all our information and more can be found at tvtalk.fm. That's going to do it for this week. But until next time, we'll be back in a flash. <laughs>